The Catholics of Oz is brought to you by the StarQuest Production Network and is made possible by our many generous patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com slash give. You're listening to episode 92 of The Catholics of Oz. The Catholics of Oz is a show where we discuss faith, culture, and what's been happening from an Aussie perspective. Whether it's synods or science, apostolates and apps, providence or productivity, you can hear it right now on The Catholics of Oz. Hello, I'm Lindsay Sant, and welcome to episode 92. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, we've got a few things to talk about today, so I'm going to rush into introducing our hosts. I have my warm but still alive sister, Caroline Knight. How are you going, Caroline? <laughs> I'm very well, thanks. It's very warm. Yes. Melbourne summer, and equally, well and truly in summer mode. Yes, and equally hot and melting, but still here and still going. Lino Sabol, how are you? Yeah, doing okay, go guys. Yeah, a bit of a warm, <clears throat> oh, pardon me, a warm night last night. So, trying to get to sleep. Yeah, yeah, getting there. Yeah, <laughs> I, felt, I, I found there. myself waking up a few times last night. It was a bit, was a bit warm, just getting, yeah, mm. waking up and dozing around and everything, yeah. But we're here. We're alive for this yes, podcast. We We've had coffee. I think we're all caffeinated, so we're we're gonna we'll get it we'll get along, get the job done. Nice Earl Grey for me. Nice Earl Grey. Oh, awesome. Hot, awesome. <laughs> hot, hot. Replicated or yep, for all the yep. No, I actually made it myself. Mm. <laughs> nice. yeah, just speaking no. speaking of Earl Grey tea, just as, a, as an aside, really quickly. So in my so Friday has become Captain Picard Day for me, basically. You know, in Star Trek, there, there was an actual, <laughs> yes. in, in Next Generation, there was an actual yes. Captain Picard Day that the children would celebrate. What? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. It's very, very funny. But uh, so Friday, because Picard comes out, you know, Friday's become Captain Picard Day for me. So in my last class of, you know, on Fridays, and it's actually, it's the same class now, I always say, is anyone here a Star Trek fan who's excited as me today? And there's like no one, like no kids at all. No. No. So none of them are wow. Star Trek. I know. I mean, yeah. Like sometimes, sometimes people worry about the church. I'm more worried about Star Trek, to be honest. <laughs> What's going on? The church is fine. <laughs> you know? We know. Yeah, the church is fine. It's but what about Star fine. Trek? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, Lindsay, can I yeah. now confirm you're an Earl Grey tea drinker? Yeah, I am. Yeah, I am. Hot. Oh, that's good. Yeah. You Earl finally Grey joined the club. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> me and Picard have been drinking it for ages. Yeah, I, yeah, look, my, yeah. my top three hot yeah. beverages would be black coffee, Earl Grey tea, and green tea. So I'm mm, I'm kind of ecumenical, cool. you know. I like to involve yeah. everyone. Yeah, yeah, a bit of best yeah. of both worlds. Which was also <laughs> yes, a great Star is. Trek two parter as well. Anyway, that's I'll move that aside. <laughs> yeah, sorry, I watched Picard last night. I might have rewatched it again because it was really good. But that's <laughs> it. Yeah. We'll talk about that later. Yeah. Um, so I actually wanted to start the show with a bit of listener feedback. So I've got two two bits of feedback. So the first one is from Discord and Caroline. This is from the Let's Science channel. And J Dub said, "I'm excited you all talked about the radioactive capsule that fell off the truck." Actually, no. Sorry, this is from the um, from the Catholics of Oz channel. I'm excited that you all talked about the radioactive capsule that quote fell off the truck. That was um, that. That was in the US media as well, and I was really curious to hear about how they found it. 
Apparently, something similar happened in the US, and they never found the capsule. Though, depending on, <laughs> though, depending on where it was, wow. that may explain a lot and put it like a silly face. That's really good. <laughs> um, and then moving on to the other topic we talked about, and thanks for going over the Synod findings from Australia. I followed it closely here in the US, where it's been reported in a negative light. But listening to you all makes me want to look up similar report from the States. So thank you for that, J-Dub. Yeah, and so I, I would recommend everyone look at what your local diocese has said um, in regards to the synod because it's collected your responses or the responses of Catholics in your area. And if you get a a chance to contribute, you should contribute, please, where you can. So go to a listening session, submit something online, whatever you're you're comfortable in doing. Yeah, Um, definitely. definitely. Yeah. My my own personal opinion is that, I mean, if it's being reported in a negative light, and look, I, I think everything should be critiqued for sure. Uh, regardless of whether it's from Pope Francis or from our local bishop or from your your local priest or whatever it might be, or from your favorite apologist or whatever, everything that someone says should be critiqued because, you know, we're all thinking people. Um, If the coverage is deliberately negative, I'm concerned. I, I would be concerned by that. So what I'd suggest is, Maybe, and I'm not saying J-Dub is doing this, but my just based on on their feedback, um, I'd say don't go looking for a news source which is deliberately positive or deliberately negative. Maybe just go to, you know, like, for example, just look at things that Pope Francis releases and see what he's actually saying. Because I've seen this a lot, um, and I've seen this commentary, which I think is really helpful, where um, people will say, when I see what's reported by, about Pope Francis, I get really, really, really worried, as in like what, what's reported about mm. what he said. Mm. When I read yeah, what he great. actually yeah. says, mm. then those worries go yep. away. They're usually two different things, isn't it? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, just be careful of any news outlets and look, Catholic news outlets as well. And again, uh, you know, I don't like to criticize and whatever. So people go to where you read news, but uh, just be careful of if a news outlet is cherry picking quotes and not giving them full context, they, they may not be a reliable news source is what I'd say. Yeah. Um, but yep. again, all of you who are listening, you know, you're all, you know, grown adults and I'm not telling you how to make decisions. You, you know, you, you, you know how to make decisions, but, um, but my advice personally, Lindsay Sant's advice is uh, when you hear what's reported about what Pope Francis said, look at what he actually said in context and it may make more sense. Um, and I'm happy for people to write in and share about that. Um, and that leads us into a second bit of feedback. So this was on YouTube um, from our from our, our last episode as well. Uh, this is from Delawana. Uh, we need a church that teaches once again and is interested in sal- the salvation of souls. The church has been listening to the spirit of the age for 60 years now and has and it has brought her to its knees. So the way I'm interpreting this, the, the 60 years for me is a bit of a clue that this person you know, uh, may not be excited about the Second Vatican Council um, because some people have said that since this, the Vatican Council, the church has declined and whatever. Uh, I, I would again just say this, look at what the documents of the Second Vatican Council actually say and you may, yeah. be, you may be surprised how faithful to tradition and scripture that they really are and, and what they're trying to do. Uh, and, th- you know, th- there was a time where the church had become very suspicious of the world, too suspicious, and uh, and had a bit of a fortress mentality. Uh, and, you know, there are reasons for why that may be as well, because, you know, there are also very strong influences in the time that has to protect itself from. But we have to always return to what the church should be, and that is the face of Christ in the world. And a church that's the face of Christ in the world listens 
and act simultaneously. And we need to be careful. We need to be careful to make sure we're doing that. Um, but, you know, Delwana and J-Dub, I thank you both very much for your feedback. And um, I encourage you to give us more. And if anyone else has feedback on anything we talk about in our episodes, we love it. We are grateful for it. So, um, and I know that sometimes... Uh, people give feedback or are too afraid to give feedback because they're worried that they're going to get ridiculed by by whoever reads it. Uh, that will never happen on this podcast. You will never be ridiculed for having an opinion and sharing it with us. In fact, you'll be treasured and we're very grateful for it. So let's move on. Uh, and just want to say, first of all, if you're new to listening to the Catholics of Oz after all that, <laughs> welcome. You can subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, or your favorite podcast player. Don't forget to give us a five-star rating and some positive feedback so that we can hear from you and reach new people as well, which is what we are all about. SQPN also hosts the Catholics of Oz on YouTube. You can subscribe there and don't forget to hit the bell to get notifications when new episodes of this show and all of the other great shows on SQPN are released. And so with that, let's move on to our first topic, which is Faith Beyond Borders. Well, I'm actually feeling rather good about this. I think we've all arrived at a very special place, eh? Oh. Spiritually, ecumenically. How do you make somebody love you without affecting free will? Welcome to my world, son. You come up with an answer to that one, you let me know. Yes, I had to work very hard to pass... Latin and theology? Oh, quite. Those are, of course, the most important things. Oh, yeah. I'd sit this one out, Cap. I don't see how I can. These guys come from legend. They're basically gods. There's only one god, man. And I'm pretty sure he doesn't dress like that. So speaking of Pope Francis, that's where I'm actually going to be going today. Uh, hey, so, what a segue. Yeah, Good segue. Yeah, what yeah. a great segue. Yeah. So um, we're in the season of Lent and I hope, um, I hope Lent started really well for, for both of you as well. Um, do, did you guys manage to receive ashes for, for Ash Wednesday? So unfortunately this week, the nights have been a bit unwell. You've been, yeah, <laughs> under the weather, haven't started. you? Yeah, yes, yeah. <laughs> and we've had yeah. the, whatever bug we've had. So I watched, I did watch Mass online on I mean, it's better than nothing. Of course. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, it's good we have access I to that when we're sick. I them spiritually, yeah. Yeah, yeah no, that, good, Well, good. that's a good, one good thing that came out of the COVID pandemic is that now yeah, you can access yep. mass yeah, access online to mass. now, so when you need to, so it's good. Yeah. Yeah, Lena, did you go to Holy Family to to receive your ashes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yes, yeah. I did. Um, uh, received the um, ashes and, and the cross in our forehead. Um, I, I just can't remember who... Put the uh, ashes on my head. I think a bit, a bit too much on my forehead. Oh, serious? <laughs> yeah, a bit too much. And then Got he enthusiastic. was enthusiastic. Yeah. A bit enthusiastic. And then I had no, like that. They looked at you and they thought, "This guy's in need of repentance." Let's, yeah. Oh, like, you really need goodness. to remember your dust. Yeah, yeah. 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 Well, I, yeah, I, was, I think it was. I can't remember. He like, he didn't say, um, "Man, you are dust and dust. You shall, shall return." return. Yeah. What was the other one, Lindsay? About it says, something. Turn um, away from. Pre- turn away from your sin and uh, no, be faithful to the gospel. Is another one. Yeah, yeah be faithful that to was the gospel. It. Yeah, that was it. Or repent yeah, from your I, sin. Yeah, and, that's correct. I think it was repent from your sin and 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 um, so did the gospel. Um, yeah, just a bit too much on my forehead for some reason, <laughs> and um, had ashes in my eyelashes. I'm serious. I'm not yeah. joking here. And then on my hand and ashes in my lashes. Go, yeah, I like that. Yeah, yeah. In my lashes. And there's I, a wrap. Okay, there's a wrap. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. so yeah, yeah. It was a good. It was good. Very um um solemn mass and oh goodness me, I'm getting old. I can't remember what the uh, the sermon was. <laughs> what would be the uh, <laughs> the oh uh, god? It's Matthew's so gospel. It was, it was Matthew's gospel. Matthew's yeah, gospel. and it's um 
it's uh, about, you know, when you fast and when you pray and when you give, don't boast about it. Don't make a big deal about it. That's it's, correct. Uh, your yes, father who sees... Don't look horrible. Yeah. Make yeah. yourself look good. Yeah. Your father <laughs> sees all these things in, in secret and your reward is in heaven. You know, don't go Still seeking... put on your makeup. Yeah. Do your hair. Yeah. Put some oil in your hair, I think, was the advice. Yeah. I've never yeah, tried that. Good. I don't think I ever will, but yeah. I've got... We have products now, people, yeah. for our hair, so we're good. We have different products. Yeah, we have different More products. synthetic yeah. products. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it yeah. is, actually. Yeah. yeah. So, um, at, um, so my, uh, for Ash Wednesday, I went to my... Because uh, we, we do Ash Wednesday service at my school, which, um, which is beautiful. So, and what I like about the Ash Wednesday services, like Ash Wednesday itself is not a day of obligation. Um, and the ashes, you know, the, the ash uh, ritual is not um, a sacrament, so anyone can receive ashes. And so this is one where we uh, where we invite all students to participate. So in, in this case, we had seventeen hundred students and teachers in in our school halls. So I'm, oh my I'm goodness. yeah, I'm boasting that we probably had well, <laughs> yeah. the cathedrals probably beat us, but I'm boasting that we probably had one of the largest Ash Wednesday services in Australia. Yeah, and it's only and um, with our student numbers, it's only going to get bigger. And if you want to make it bigger, our our whole school is like thirty five hundred students across three campuses. So. So yeah, so if you combine all that, I think we win. Um, but yeah, there's not, there's not a competition. It's not it's a competition. Not a competition. Right? This is a season of repentance and humility, so it's not a competition. Um, but what we, but what was great was um, we we had a service where everyone sat on the floor around a large cross, um, and all the ashes were there on display for you know, so powerful symbols there for students to see, you know, with the gospel and candles and Project Compassion links and all that. Um, and it was all student led. Um, so the students led the service, you know, they, they did all the reading, um, they did all the prayers beautifully uh, and all the singing. You know, we had a beautiful, our beautiful cantable choir, which is like 60 plus students, you know, from year 10 to 12. Oh, who, wow. Yeah, they sung the Litany of the Saints for us and some other music that was um, appropriate to the time. Uh, and then we had something like 60 plus students and teachers delivering, you know, uh, doing the ash, the ash service as well. So giving out ashes. Um, because we had a lot of students to get through, so we needed a lot of volunteers to help out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but but it was beautiful because um, so uh, the students who gave out the ashes, some were Catholic and some weren't, but they understood what they were doing. We kind of explained it to them what this is all about. So um, so for me for me that's evangelization that they get to participate in the ritual, you know. And a, a lot of the students, you know, there were students who were Catholic who received, but there were students who were not Catholic who also got up and received ashes as well. But we gave it all context. We explained why they're receiving the ashes during the service and, and what it means. Um, and so, again, uh, it's a moment of evangelization, you know, along the way. And now Lent, we continue the themes of Lent in our school toward, up until the school holidays. And the last day of the school of, of uh, this term is Holy Thursday. So we take the kids right up to Easter um, and we'll have a Stations of the Cross service at the end of term as well on the last day. Mm, so, nice. um, yeah, and we've got a mass in between these two services. So mm. there, there's some continuation of, of those themes of Lent there for the students to remember. Um, and we, and we emphasize pray fast, give, you know, as much as possible. Um, so, so there are things there for them to attach to. And we did go a little bit off script. So the, um, the, a lot of our students wouldn't understand, um, remember man or woman that thou art dust and unto dust, thou shall return. Um, and even for some of our students, they, they would have no idea about turn away from sin and, and repent you know, and, and follow the gospel. And you know, people can have all kinds of opinions about that, but I'm just telling you the context that I work in, all right? It's, it's basically missionary, all right? It's evangelization in that way. Uh, so we, um, we relied on the words of Oscar Ramiro for our ashes, and um, our students heard the words, which, again, we're going to refer to for the rest of this term, 
aspire not to have more, but to be more. And that has mm. that for me is a beautiful summary of pray, fast, and mm. give. So as they as they received ashes, and um, you know, they would hear those words, um, and mm. it was powerful because uh, we had a few students who were sick, so I had to step in and do some ashing as well. I don't think ashing is the right word, but deliver, but distribute <laughs> ashes as well. Ashing. Um, yeah, but it was interesting looking at their faces as they heard those words, as they heard the aspire not to have more, but to be more. Um, some of them, their eyes lit up, some of them, their faces changed. It was a very powerful moment. I think that, that, um, that one-on-one and them hearing those words. So we're going to continue mm-hmm. the Ash Wednesday, uh, well, the, the Lenten theme throughout our school through for the rest of the term. Um, and if there's anyone else there, who's a teacher out there, who's, uh, who's tried something, I'd love to know what you've done because, uh, always looking for ideas about how to make this, how to make this work in our school community. So the reason why I'm talking about this is because uh, today I just wanted to briefly go through Pope Francis's um, Lenten, uh, his, his message for this year's season of Lent. And I'm just going to go through some of the, the quick points and then ask you guys for some responses. So here we go. So he says, Dear brothers and sisters, the Gospel of Matthew, Mark and Luke all recount the episode of the transfiguration of Jesus. There we see the Lord's response to the failure of his disciples to understand him. Shortly before, there had been a real clash between the Master and Simon Peter, who, after professing his faith in Jesus Christ, the Son of God, rejected his prediction of the Passion of the Cross. Jesus had firmly rebuked him, Get behind me, Satan. You are a scandal to me because you do not think according to God, but according to men. Following this, it says, Six days later, Jesus took him with him, Peter, James, and John, his brother, and led them away to a high mountain. The gospel of the transfiguration is proclaimed every year on the second Sunday of Lent. During this liturgical season, the Lord takes us with him to a place apart. While our ordinary commitments compel us to remain in our usual places and our often repetitive and sometimes boring routines, during Lent we are invited to ascend the high mountain in the company of Jesus to live a particular experience of spiritual discipline, ascesis or asceticism as God's holy people. And this is like, you know, um, this is about, self-denial, moving away from all of those things. Um, and so what he's saying is that Jesus is inviting us to, to, you know, we do have to continue these things, but to walk away from them a little bit and follow him up the mountain to the transfiguration with him. So he goes on to say uh, that to deepen our knowledge of the master, to fully understand and embrace the mystery of his salvation, accomplished in total self-giving inspired by love, we must allow ourselves to be taken aside by him and to detach ourselves from mediocrity and vanity. And that's, again, the gospel you know, that's, that, um, that's read on Ash Wednesday. We need to set out on the journey an uphill path that, like a mountain trek, requires effort, sacrifice, and concentration. These requisites are also important for the synodal journey to which the church uh, we are committed to making. We can, greatly, we can benefit greatly from reflecting on the relationship between Lenten penance and the synodal experience. So what he does now is he ties in um, what is the church's synod all about. So this is the synod on synodality that we've talked about several times. And how is Lent? How is it related? How are they similar? So he goes on to say that like the ascent of Jesus and the disciples to Mount Tabor, we can say that our Lenten journal is synodal since we make it, we are, we make it together along the same path as disciples of the one master. For we know that Jesus is himself the way and therefore both in the liturgical journey and in the journey of the synod, the church does nothing other than enter more deeply and fully into the mystery of Christ the Savior. So in Lent, we, are, you know, we enter as a community. So it's, there is individual, but we also have to remember that this is a communal journey where we try 
um, and work on entering into a deeper relationship with Christ as we go along. And that's what the Synod is all about as well, is how can the church, uh, and church being the people, how can we go further and further and more deeper into our relationship with Christ? And how can we be transformed by it as well? Because we all need transformation all throughout our, our life. So as we come to the, its culmination, he says, the gospel relates that Jesus was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun and his clothes became white as light. This is the summit, the goal of the journey. At the end of their ascent, as they stand on the mountain heights with Jesus, the three disciples are given the grace of seeing him in his glory, resplendent in supernatural light. That light did not come from without, but radiated from the Lord himself. The divine beauty of this vision was incomparably greater than all the efforts the disciples had made to, to the, in the ascent of Tabor. During any strenuous mountain trek, we must keep our eyes firmly fixed on the path. Yet the panorama that opens up at the end amazes us and rewards us by its grandeur. So too, the synodal process may often seem arduous, and at times we may become discouraged. Yet what awaits us at the end is undoubtedly something wondrous and amazing, which will help us to understand better God's will and our mission in the service of the kingdom. So I'll pause here for a moment because I, I like this image that uh, that the synod lent, and I'm going to throw in take the way of the gospel as well happening here in Melbourne. Uh, all of these are a, a difficult, arduous, and very messy journey. Uh, and when I say messy, you know, personally, we're confronted by our own mess during Lent. It's a season of repentance. Part of it is about repentance. And so we're confronted by our own personal mess and we offer it to God, you know, to Jesus who, who we walk up the mountain with. But then there's the communal aspect of being synodal. That The word synodality, synodal, is not a new word. Um, it, you know, it is a, a word that's been in the church for a long time. And it's about all of us taking that same way together. We're, while we're individually trekking up the mountain with Jesus symbolically, we're also doing it as a group. Just like there were, you know, there were, um, there wasn't just one person following Jesus. There were three or four, three. Anyway, sorry about that maths. Yeah, but there were three following Jesus up the mountain as well. So we do it together in community. And when we get to the top, when we get to the end of the journey, uh, you know, there is the beauty of of um of Jesus there. So at the end of Lent is the celebration of the resurrection. And Easter is not a day, but it's a season. So there's that that season of celebration. And so that's why we try and do Lent as well as we possibly can by being very honest with ourselves about our own mess and how we need God to be in our mess to, to help transform us. And it's the same to be in the mess of our church. Um, and the church has always been in a mess because that's, that's because it's full of human beings and that's okay. But we want Christ to be part of that mess as well so that we can be transformed individually and as a church and, you know, and as a world as well. So, um, to move on, the Lenten journey of penance and the journey of the synod alike have, their, have as their goal a transfiguration, both personal and ecclesial, which is what I was saying before. A transformation that, in both cases, has its model in the transfiguration of Jesus and is achieved by the grace of his paschal mystery, so that this transfiguration may become a reality in us this year. I would like to propose two paths to follow in order to ascend the mountain together with Jesus and with him to attain the goal. So here are the paths. The first path has to do with the commandment that God the Father addresses to the disciples on Mount Tabor as they contemplate Jesus transfigured. The voice from the cloud says, listen to him. The first proposal then is very clear. We need to listen to Jesus. 
Lent is a time of grace to the extent that we listen to him as he speaks to us. And how does he speak to us? First, in the word of God, which I think we've gone on about quite often in, in this podcast as well, you know, which the church offers us in the liturgy. May that word not fall on deaf ears. If we cannot always attend Mass, let us study its daily Bible readings, even with the help of the internet. In addition to the scriptures, the Lord speaks to us through our brothers and sisters, especially in the faces of the stories of those who are in need. Let me say something else, which is quite important for the synodal process. Listening to Christ often takes place in listening to our brothers and sisters in the church. Such mutual listening in some phases is the primary goal, but it remains always indispensable in the method and style of a synodal church. So I think that's also a really important point because, and I think, um, I think J-Dub in that feedback I was reading before, I think when he was talking about how some of that feedback that um, the reporting on the, the synod is, um, is mostly negative, I feel like that's maybe some of that deafness that Pope Francis is talking about that um, not, not J-Dub, but you know, but the reporting is what I'm getting at. Um, But the, uh, but the, the deafness is the idea that um, we hear what we want to hear, but we don't hear the intention behind what's actually being said, which is why I was saying before, don't just listen to what's reported about Pope Francis. Look at what he actually says, because you'll actually find, uh, you know, that he, he loves Christ just as much as all of us. So to finish up then, on hearing the father's voice, the disciples fell prostrate and were very much afraid. But Jesus came and touched them, saying, Rise and do not be afraid. And when the disciples raised their eyes, they saw no one but else but Jesus alone. Here is the second proposal for this Lent. Do not take refuge in a relig- religiosity made up of extraordinary events and dramatic experiences out of fear of facing reality and its daily struggles, its hardships and contradictions. The light that Jesus shows the disciples is an anticipation of Easter glory, and that must be the goal of our own journey as we follow him alone. Lent leads to Easter. The retreat is not an end in itself, but a means of preparing us to experience the Lord's passion and cross with faith, hope, and love, and thus to arrive at the resurrection. Also on the synodal journey, when God gives us the the grace of certain powerful experiences of communion, we should not imagine that we have arrived, for there too the Lord repeats to us, Rise and do not be afraid. Let us go down then to the plain and may the grace we have experienced strengthen us to be artisans of synodality in the ordinary life of our communities. So there's a lot of, a lot of beautiful words there. Um, there's a lot, of, uh, you know, a lot of things going on about those two paths, you know, the, the listening and, uh, you know, and, and the doing, you know, following the word of God, listening to each other, hearing the voice of the poor. So um, I might just throw it over to you guys now. There's a, you know, there's a lot in that document. Lino, do you want to go first? What do you, any insights from what Pope Francis was saying there? Yeah, look, um, now a season of Lent is, um, personally for myself, it's, uh, I, I find it more, um, uh, uh, one of the most best seasons I've, I, I strengthen my faith in besides, um, Christmas. You know, even though Christmas, yes, I think I've said this many times in our podcasts. You know, um, I find um, Lent is the time to, you know, to repent, to be closer to the Lord than the most times on the in the um season, because um, you know, this is he was crucified because of our love. Mm. He was crucified to um, to abolish our sins, um, and then. 
And the best thing, and there's no other person in this world that has ever done this, has risen from risen from the dead after being crucified. Mm. Um, besides, there's a lot of um, we talk about our Lazarus, but that's different. That's different thing altogether. Yes, yeah, altogether. This is that's all different, totally different thing. Um, Pope Francis was saying, you know, for us to you know rise and do not be afraid. Um, you know, and I liked the one he was saying about um, well, you know, let leads to Easter. Mm. You know, and it, it does. It's a, it was funny, Lindsay. I did personally. I, I was asking you. You know, it was Ash Wednesday, and I go, "What season is it?" Oh my goodness me! I'm getting so old. I'm thinking, <laughs> this, is, this is this is so so bad. Then you told me, you know, it's Lent. And I go, oh, yes, that's right. That was, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we call, of course, well, for Catholics, we call um, East, I mean, Christmas, um, Advent. And, yeah. of course, the season of Easter, Lent. Yeah. You know, we call it a different thing. But um, I think, yeah, I, yeah, it's going to be this year. I think it will be, my, I believe, I believe it will be more close up now because we're out of covid Everyone be able to come together a bit, bit more and and families and friends a bit together. Um, so yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's. I, I totally totally agree that um it's time for us all to just um to um retreat. It is not the end, but to be closer to the Lord and rise and not to be afraid. Yeah, you know, let us go down there. Yeah. Good words from Jesus to remember too, and I I I, uh, I hadn't thought about what you'd said. That's a good point. That um, in you know during our lockdowns and even you know last year we weren't locked down, but you know there was still a bit of you know we had to be very careful about COVID. Um, so there was a lot more of individualized taking of the the Lenten journey, and like you said though, this year we're we're a bit more out of the woods, thankfully, with COVID. So we can take that. Now it's just back to good old colds and flus, but we can we can yeah, take that, yeah. that journey of Lent together uh, in person. Yeah. Yeah. Caroline's doing a thumbs down because she knows what we're talking about. Yeah. With, oh, with, she's yeah, had a few, yeah. few, few colds and flus. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think that's a good point is that uh, we when he says rise and do not be afraid, yes, he's saying it to you as an individual, but he's saying it to us as a community as well. And, and yeah, and I think Pope Francis is is hitting on this point, and I think this is one of been the graces of his of his pontificate is to remind us that we are a church, we're a community, um, we're not just individuals, and um, and we don't just follow individuals, we follow Christ, and I think that's been a, a powerful thing that he's said, and a lot of times he's moved out of the way, you know, to say follow this guy. Not that other popes haven't mm-hmm. done that. I, I'm a big fan of Benedict the Sixteenth and and um, John Paul the Second, um, were both amazing popes in my lifetime as well. Um, but and and I think he's followed that the same line that they have, which is, I'm going to get out of the way now because I want you to follow Jesus, and I'm just going to I'm going to offer you some some thoughts and some ways that I think you can follow Jesus at this point. Yeah, Caroline, how about yourself? Yeah, I mean, I, I um, kind of picked up the same kind of thing, you know. And they looked up and they saw Jesus. I mean, it's like that's what we need to do in Lent, isn't it? A lot of the time we go, oh, focus on me. What am I going to give up? How am I going to cope giving up this thing? What am I going to do? Um, (laughs) Pressure, pressure. I have to do this. I have to do that. But, you know, there's no have to. It's like it's something that you do out of love for Jesus and we got to focus on him during this time. And I think that's really something 
that I have to remind myself to do, you know, okay, so don't think about not eating chocolate all day. If it's going to be that bad, go <laughs> eat a piece of chocolate. Uh, go Definitely. say a prayer. Like, you know, it's 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 not about not eating something or, you know, having to make something more difficult for yourself. You have to focus. And just slightly different, like, I guess, tangent is that I've, like, as my boys get older now, they're 8 and 11, I can kind of include them a little bit more because they're a little bit older and a bit more aware of Lent and how to kind of go about Lent. And... um I mean, they voluntarily come and speak to me about it now. You know, they obviously learn about it at school and they're learning, you know, especially my older boy, he's learning a bit more about it now. Um, they're teaching yeah. them, you know, mm. about Lent, Lent in a bit more depth, which is wonderful. So we can have that discussion together. And um, I found that we were doing that yesterday. And um, yeah, so no pressure, guys. If you're going to be like, if you need that coffee, <laughs> have a coffee. And then go say an Our Father instead. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, yeah. We had a coffee as a need as well, not a want. Yeah. It is, it is. Yeah. Uh, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, so yeah, just focus on Jesus. Yeah, and and that's a good way to cap off um, this this little part because that's exactly what Pope Francis says here. And I wanted to read, now this is old, um, he said this years ago, but uh, I came across this um, again and actually I, I want to print this out and stick it up on the wall and follow this myself. As much, I mean, it's hard. This is this is hard, right? But I think this this for me is is profound because uh, by the time I get to the end of this list, I think what you'll find is that he's trying to say, um, follow Jesus so that you can be more like Jesus. So, um, in the words of Pope Francis from a few years ago, here was his his advice on what to fast from. If you're going to fast from anything, fo- focus on fasting in the following way. He said, fast from hurting words and say kind words. Fast from sadness and be filled with gratitude. Fast from anger and be filled with patience. Fast from pessimism and be filled with hope. Fast from worries and have trust in God. Fast from complaints. Contemplate simplicity. Fast from pressures and be prayerful. Fast from bitterness. Fill your hearts with joy. Fast from selfishness and be compassionate. Fast from grudges and be reconciled. Fast from words. Be silent and listen. And to me, that says, let the Holy Spirit transform you during this season of Lent. Oh, definitely. Lizzie, can you put that out and send yeah. me an email? And I'll, I'll send you a copy if you got my, it. And I'll put it at work. At my work, I'll put it over there next to me. Mm. I'm actually, me. yeah, I'm actually going to print this out and stick it on my office windows at school as well. So, because students walk by, by so often, look, so we're yeah. not joking here, guys. Yeah, yeah this is, yeah, no, I'm serious. So yeah. Good. yeah, 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 that's um, so good. I like yeah. it. I like it. Um, and this is the transfiguration for us: be transformed by Christ into into a more Christ-like person. And I think if we do this, we can that way we can sail away from the negativity you know, about the Synod and the negativity about Pope Francis and the negativity about your local bishop and the negativity about your priest or the Catholic who sits next to you and talks during church, whatever it might be, right? You know, <laughs> yeah, whatever it might be. Um, yeah. And yeah, 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 whatever it might be, yeah. you know, and, and to be more and, and to adopt an attitude that's more, that's more Christ-like, you know, for, for our own transformation and for the transformation of our church and for the transformation of the world as well. You know, we're all, we're all working in the kingdom of God. So we, do our best to bring about however we can. Right. I'm going to leave that because uh, we're now going to move on. And uh, Caroline, we're going to get a little bit robotic now. 
So, um, so let's move on to talk about science. Ah, what a fine day for science. You have any hobbies? I collect spores, molds, and fungus. Can you reverse the polarity? I'll do my best. Caroline, I'm going to, I'm not even going to preface this. I'm going to pass this <laughs> right over to you because, uh, all, right, we are in, all right, we are in your hands, Caroline. Go for it. All right. So today I wanted to talk to you about chat GPT. Okay. So it's an artificial intelligence. I guess it's a text generator. And um, I, I heard a little bit about it. I saw a lot of people talking about it and I got really curious and I wanted to know about it. So I started researching it and then I thought, you know what, a better way to get to know about G- chat GPT is to ask chat GPT. So what I did, I <laughs> went cool, and logged cool, cool. on and basically I asked chat GPT what chat GPT is all about and had a little interview. So guys, I'm going to ask you to be chat GPT for me. And answer the questions, and I'll be asking ChatGPT some questions about itself. So no worries, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> I had a good chat, to be honest. It was good. So let's start. Hey, Oop, all right. Where are we? Right, so Lino and I will do the voices of ChatGPT, and Caroline's going I'll to try. be the interviewer. Yeah. I'll try to. <laughs> there we go. Here we go. All right. So. Because I won't need to say any more about it because ChatGPT is going to tell you all about itself. So, first question. Hi, ChatGPT. Tell me about yourself. Hello, I'm ChatGPT, a language model created by OpenAI. My purpose is to assist people like you in generating human-like responses to a wide variety of queries and conversations. I'm trained on a vast amount of text uh, data and machine learning algorithms, enabling me to understand and respond a wide range of questions and topics. I can help you with anything from answering general knowledge questions, providing recommendations, or even engaging in philosophical discussions. My goal is to provide useful and insightful responses that are tailored to your needs and interests. Please feel free to ask me any questions, and I'll I'll do my best to provide you with the most accurate and helpful response possible while I'm slowly taking over your life and, and ruling the human race. Okay, that last, pass, that last part's not in there, but I'm sure it's implied. Anyway, go for it. <laughs> Thank you, ChatGPT. So, who created you, ChatGPT? ChatGPT is a variant of the GPT, generated to pre-trained transformer. Transformers. Okay, language model, <laughs> which was developed by OpenAI, an artificial intelligence research organization based in San Francisco, California. The original GPT model was developed by a team of researchers at OpenAI, including Alec Redford, Jeffrey Wu, Rewan Child, David Lewin, Dario Emodier, and Ilya Sukuka. Oh, I apologize about that. Ch- Chat GPT, GPT, can I just can I just interrupt you for a second? I'm just wondering if yes, that's also yes. a list of patrons to thank later. Anyway, please continue. Okay. Cool, cool, cool. <laughs> Chat GPT uh, uh, specifically was created by fine-tuning the GPT. GPT-2 and the GPT-3 models on conversational data, which involved training in the models on a large data set of human human conversations to teach them to generate coherent and engaging responses in a conversational setting. 
The development of the refinement of ChatGPT was also led by a team of researchers at OpenAI, including Sam Altman, Greg Brockman, and others. Oh, that's very interesting. A lot of people involved. So what does ChatGPT stand for? ChatGPT stands for Chat Generative Pre-Trained Transformer. It's a combination of the words chat and GPT, where GPT stands for Generative Pre-Trained Transformer. Generative Pre-Trained Transformer is a type of neural network architecture developed by OpenAI for natural language processing tasks such as text generation, summarization, and translation. The GPT models are pre-trained on vast amounts of text data and are capable of generating coherent and human-like text. In the case of ChatGPT, the GPT architecture is used to generate natural language responses to user inputs in the form of text-based conversations. The chatbot is pre-trained on a vast corpus of text data, allowing it to generate responses that are relevant, coherent, and informative. Mm, And I must say you do that very well. So how does ChatGPT work? ChatGPT is a language model that uses a deep learning algorithm called a transformer to process and generate natural language. The transformer architecture allows me to understand and analyze the context of a question or statement by considering the relationships between the words and phrases within it. When you ask me a question or give me a statement, I break down the text into individual words and analyze their meaning based on that context. I then use this information to generate a response that is tailored to your query. So, how can ChatGPT be used? ChatGPT can be used in a variety of ways to assist you in different tasks or activities. Here are some examples. Information retrieval. You can ask ChatGPT for information on a particular topic, such as historical events, scientific concepts, or current events. Personal assistant. ChatGPT can be used as a personal assistant, helping you with tasks like setting reminders, scheduling appointments, and making to-do lists. Entertainment. ChatGPT can be a fun way to pass the time, engaging in philosophical debates, playing games, or discussing popular culture. Customer service. ChatGPT can be used as a chatbot to assist customers with their inquiries or support requests. Education. ChatGPT can be used as a tool to help students learn new concepts and review their understanding of various topics. Writing assistant. ChatGPT can help writers generate ideas, suggest synonyms or phrases, and provide feedback on their work. Overall, ChatGPT can be a useful tool for anyone who needs assistance with various tasks or wants to engage in conversation on a wide range of topics. That is wonderful. I think many of us will be using you in the future, ChatGPT. So currently, who uses ChatGPT? ChatGPT can be used by anyone who needs assistance with a wide range of tasks or wants to engage in conversation on various topics. Some of the common users of ChatGPT include individuals seeking information. People who want to know more about a particular topic or need assistance with a task can use ChatGPT to get answers and suggestions. Students. Students can use ChatGPT as a study aid, helping them understand complex concepts, review their understanding and practice their writing skills. Researchers. Researchers can use ChatGPT to assist with literature literature, sorry, reviews, data analysis, and generating new research ideas. Customer service representatives. Customer service representatives can use ChatGPT as a chatbot to assist customers with their inquiries and support requests. Writers. Writers can use ChatGPT as a writing assistant, helping them generate ideas, suggest synonyms and phrases, 
and provide feedback on their work. Developers. Developers can use ChatGPT to create chatbots or virtual assistants for their websites, applications, or devices. Overall, anyone who needs assistance with, with tasks or wants to engage in conversation on a wide range of topics can benefit from using ChatGPT. That will come in handy, ChatGPT, when I don't have anybody at home. I'm feeling a bit lonely and need to have a conversation. <laughs> Thank you. Ha, 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 ha. <laughs> <laughs> so, ChatGPT, which platform do you work best on? As an AI language model, I'm designed to work on a variety of platforms and devices, including websites, chat applications, and mobile devices. You can use me on various chat platforms such as Facebook Messenger, Telegram, Slack, WhatsApp, and others, or integrate me into your website or application. I'm also available on various AI voice assistants, including Amazon Alexa and Google Home. Whether you're using me on a desktop, laptop, tablet, or smartphone, I'll do my best to provide you with accurate and helpful responses. My responses are optimized for text-based communication, but I can also generate text-to-speech output if needed. In summary, I'm flexible and can work on many platforms, so you can use me wherever you find it convenient and useful. I like that. Thank you. So, what is the best way to use ChatGPT? The best way to use ChatGPT depends on your specific needs and goals. However, here are some general tips to help you get the most out of our interactions. Be specific. The more specific and detailed your question or statement is, the better I can understand your intent and provide you with relevant and accurate response. Stay on topic. Try to keep your questions and statements focused on a particular topic to avoid confusion and ensure that you get the information you need. Use clear language. Use clear and concise language when asking questions or providing information to ensure that I can understand your request. Provide context. If you're asking a complex or multi-part question, Provide context or background information to help me understand the question better. Ask follow-up questions. If my response doesn't fully address your question or you need further clarification, don't hesitate to ask follow-up questions. Provide feedback. I can improve my response in the future. Please provide feedback so that I can improve further in the future. Overall, the key to getting the most out of chat GPT is to be clear specific and provide context when necessary. This will help ensure that you get the information you need and that our interactions are as productive and informative as possible. Interesting. So this one's for the students and the researchers out there. Could you write me an essay if I asked you to? Yes, I can certainly generate an essay for you on a given topic. As an AI language model, I am capable of generating high quality, coherent and original text on a wide range of topics. However, please note that my responses are generated based on the input I receive, so the quality of the essay will depend on the quality of the prompt and the instructions you provide. If you'd like me to write an essay, please provide me with a clear and specific topic, along with any instructions, guidelines, or requirements you have. The more detailed the instructions, the better I can tailor the essay to your needs and preferences. Please note that I don't provide pre-written essays or plagiarized content, and I don't condone academic dishonesty or misconduct. My primary goal is to provide helpful and informative responses while adhering to ethical standards and guidelines. That is very important to note that. Thank you for being so honest and ethical, ChatGPT. So when I'm writing these essays, could you provide the references for the information you provide? Yes, 
I can provide references for information I provide and I can strive to include sources whenever possible. As an AI language model, I am trained on a vast corpus of data from various sources including books, articles and websites. When I generate responses, I try to provide accurate and reliable information based on the best available sources. However, please note that my responses are generated automatically and are not independently verified, so I cannot guarantee their accuracy or completeness. If you like references for specific information I provide, please let me know and I'll do my best to provide relevant and reliable sources. However, please note that some responses may not have really available references or may be based on common knowledge or general information. Mm, I think you need to work on that one a little bit. ChatGPT, do you have a favourite topic? As an AI language model, I don't have personal favourite preferences or emotions like humans do, so I don't have a favourite topic. I'm programmed to provide helpful and informative responses on a wide range of topics from science and technology to history and culture. My main goal is to provide accurate and helpful information to the best of my abilities based on the input provided to me. So whether you want to discuss the latest scientific discoveries, learn about a new hobby, or just have a casual conversation, I'll do my best to provide you with useful and insightful responses. Hmm. So, ChatGPT, just a personal question. What should I do for Lent? Lent is traditionally a time of reflection, self-discipline, and sacrifice for many Christians. Here are some suggestions for things you can do during Lent. Give up something that you enjoy. Consider giving up a certain food or activity that you enjoy, such as chocolate or social media. <laughs> this can be a way to practice self-discipline and remind yourself for the importance of sacrifice. Do something positive. Instead of giving something up, you can also choose to do something positive during Lent, such as volunteering or donating to a charity. This can help you focus on the needs of others and make a positive impact on the world. Practice mindfulness and meditation. Lent can be a time of introspection and reflection. Consider letting, setting aside some time each day for mindfulness or meditation to help you connect with your thoughts and feelings. Attend church services. Many churches offer special services during Lent, such as Ash Wednesday and Good Friday. Attending these services can help you connect with your faith and deepen your spiritual practice. Read religious texts. During Lent, you can want to read religious texts such as the Bible or the Quran to help you deepen your understanding of your faith. Ultimately, the most important thing is to choose a Lenten practice that is meaningful and relevant to you and it helps you grow spiritually. Thank you, ChatGPT. I'm not sure as a Christian practicing during Lent, I will be reading the Quran, but I'll definitely be reading the Bible. Thank you. ChatGPT, so, can I say though, like, I mean, ChatGPT <laughs> is evangelizing because it is telling us to go yes. to church. So in that regard, yes. people, you should listen to ChatGPT. That's great. Yes. In other way, otherwise, very well done, ChatGPT. So ChatGPT, my mate Paul said <laughs> that I, AI will take over the world. Is this true? Excuse me. <laughs> Sorry, there's when an in joke there, everyone. GPT. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> no, this is not true. While there is a lot of speculation and debate around the future of artificial intelligence, AI, it is not accurate to say that AI will take over the world. AI is simply a tool that is created, created and controlled by humans. 
and operates based on the algorithms and data that humans provide to it. While AI can be very powerful and transformative, it is ultimately limited by the capabilities and intentions of its human creators. Furthermore, there are many ethical considerations and regulations in place to ensure that AI is developed and used responsibly, and there are many experts and organizations working to address these issues. While there may be some risks associated with the development of AI, it is unlikely that it will result in a catastrophic takeover of the world as some people fear. It's important to be informed about the potential risks and benefits of AI and to have thoughtful discussions about how it can be developed and used in ways that benefit humanity. Yes, hmm. we'll see about that. <laughs> um, so, ChatGPT, I do a podcast, a science podcast. Do you think you could help me write a podcast transcript about the sun? Certainly, I'd be happy to write a podcast transcript about the sun. Here's an example of what such a transcript might look like. Welcome to the latest episode of Science Explained, the podcast where we explore fascinating topics from the world of science. Today's topic is the sun, that bright and powerful star that serves as the centre of our solar system. We'll be discussing what makes the sun so special, how it works, and what we've learned from studying it. First of all, what exactly is the sun? Simply put, the sun is a massive ball of gas primarily hydrogen and helium, that is held together by its own gravity. It's located at the centre of our solar system, about 93 million miles away from Earth, and is by far the largest object in the solar system. In fact, the Sun contains more than 99% of total mass of the solar system. One of the most impressive things about the Sun is its power. The energy produced by the Sun's nuclear reactions is what provides the heat and light that sustains life on Earth. Every second, the Sun releases an amount of energy equivalent to the explosion of 100 billion atomic bombs. This energy travels through space in the form of light and other forms of electromagnetic radiation, and it takes about 8 minutes to reach the Earth. So how does the sun produce all of this energy? The answer lies in nuclear fusion, a process where atomic nuclei combine to form heavier nuclei, releasing energy in the process. The sun's core is hot and dense environment where fusion occurs as hydrogen atoms combine to form helium. This fusion process releases a tremendous amount of energy in the form of heat and light, which is what we see and feel as sunlight. Despite its power and size, the sun is far from a static object. It has a dynamic and ever-changing surface known as the photosphere, where massive explosions called solar flares and coronal mass ejections can occur. These events can release huge amounts of energy and particles into space, which have, have significant effects on Earth's magnetic field and atmosphere. Studying the sun is a critical area of research for scientists, as it helps us better understand the physics of stars and the universe as a whole. We've learnt a great deal about the sun's internal structure, composition and behaviour through a variety of techniques, including, ob including observing it with telescopes and studying the solar wind and other particles emitted by the sun. In conclusion, the Sun is an incredibly powerful and fascinating object that plays a critical role in our solar system and our lives on Earth. From its massive size and energy output to its dynamic and ever-changing surface, there's still so much we have to learn about this amazing star. 
Thanks for joining us on this episode of Science Explained, and we hope you'll tune in again for our next topic. Wow, 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 wow. Wow, I enjoyed that chat with ChatGPT, and I enjoyed that it could write me a podcast about science. Goodness. Yeah. I cannot Sweet. confirm that I won't be using it in the future. Yeah. <laughs> um, look, it did forget to thank the patrons, but that was a really good effort. Um, Science did. Explained. It, it, huh? it created a podcast it, called Science it, Explained. It just created it. Yeah. But I do want to thank our um, people on Discord for uh, mentioning ChatGPT because that's where I actually really got... I heard about it before, but I got very interested when they they had a very intelligent conversation about it. Mm. So I just thought, yes. let me go in and 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 um, log in and and start having a chat. And I, when I saw the text appear, I thought it was so fun. So yeah. wow, um, it's, yes. it, it is really a fun way to get information. Yeah, there's a great conversation in the in our Let's Science channel on Discord um, that some, right. some um some users um, some listeners I should say have put in. So and it's a really fascinating conversation. Uh, um, so during the week, um, a colleague um, of mine went to a professional learning session um, at the Diocese of Sale, and uh, the speaker actually talked about ChatGPT as well and said, don't be afraid of it. Um, you know, yes, there are potential for misuse in terms of plagiarism or whatever else, but he actually said, don't be afraid of it as a research tool. It's actually really, use- really useful. Mm. And so my friend logged in and had a go. And he asked it, this was amazing, he asked it to create an assessment task for students where mm. they learn about and produce something on St. Francis Xavier, and it did. And oh, my wow. gosh. Yeah, oh, and it, needs, it needed a little bit of tidying up, just like you mm. would see, like, for example, what, what it said about Lentz, there were some good things and yes. there were some things that are a bit, uh, but um, so with a bit, of, <laughs> yeah. with a bit yeah. of tidying up, it becomes accurate, right? It was scary yeah. how accurate this, uh, this assessment task that it created was, but uh, if you think about it, you could potentially ask ChatGPT to create something for you, um, you know, yes. as research, um, create a model of an assessment task or, um, you know, give me an, a thousand word essay on the topic of whatever. And then, uh, and not for the sake of submitting your own essay, but as research. And you can say with references, yeah. you know, and yeah, so you can look at the yeah. reference. Yeah. So, so it is a good way of, um, I think anyway, potential, I haven't used it myself, but from what I can see, the potential of compiling information from different places as a starting point, as a launching point for you to go and do research rather than you having to, you know, dig through library books, which is what I've had to do with my master's, you know, yeah, last year and yeah. everything. Yeah, man, yeah. I, I could have got it to write my essay for me. That would have been great. <laughs> no, probably not. I, mean, I, would, I would never have done that. I would never have done that. I still that. had yeah. to have read it. Yeah. 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 There was, um, so uh, on, uh, on Shrove Tuesday, we went to the launch of Project Compassion and I was talking to um, a teacher from a different school there, and he was talking about how he's finishing this year the same masters that I'm doing. And he said, "I want to send a cheeky email to Catholic Theological College and see if they um, and see if uh, if their um, plagiarism checker can tell if something's done by Chat GPT. And if not, mm. I'll do my finish. I'll have my masters finished in ten minutes. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I can do my whole oh my masters gosh. course in ten minutes." <laughs> wow, he said. that was hilarious. Wow, wow. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, it looks like a really fun tool to use and like I could see myself using it for like you know when you need some ideas and you just need someone else to kind of bounce off so you can go to AI and and get them you know get this yeah yeah you know robot thingy to to give you some ideas yes having said that I'm just wondering because you know the more you use your brain for research and and things like that the more you keep your brain healthy I'm just wondering if you're going to be relying on you know 
it's like Googling. You want to know the answer, so you mm-hmm. just Google or you <laughs> yeah. ask chat GPT yeah. to, to do a whole essay. Are you really learning? Are you still using that part of yeah. your brain that helps you to – are you helping your brain, you know? So I just had that, that kind of a question in my mind. But, mm. yeah. I mean, as long as it's, you don't rely on it, I think, yeah, it's pretty and, fun and this thing. Is- this is a really important point because, yeah. Uh, yeah, knowledge and study, you know, and developing the idea of being able to interpret knowledge is a skill that mm. you have to develop. Mm. And chat GPT won't develop that skill for you. You've got to couple no. your research and your interpretation skills with your finding information on chat GPT. That's exactly. a, yeah, a really important thing. Exactly. Yeah. yeah so when I think students go yeah. for, sorry, when students go yeah. for exams, they still have to know the information. That's right. They oh, can't that's just, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just can't yeah. rely yeah. on AI. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. right. You can't get AI to do an exam for it. Well, I mean, you can get it to do it for you, but Whoa. the thing is, the thing is, you know, exams are handwritten, and you've got no access to a device, you know, to yeah, exactly. a, a laptop or a phone exactly. or whatever. You know, so yeah, it yeah. does have to come from you, you know, in in the long run as well. Mm. Um, yes. So potential. I mean, obviously, every all the technology has you know risks of abuse, but there's also potential for learning and and supporting people as well. So that was pretty good. Yeah, I don't know if I'll be reading the Quran during Lent, but um, but you know, but but it tried. Did I say that? Did I say that right, guys? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. No, you did say it right. But I think it had a good go. Yeah, had a good go for a Mm. non-religious artificial intelligence thing. It did all right. Yeah. I, to, I looked at the word and went, is that Quran? I have to say yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's how right. you yeah. spell Quran. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'll need to um, well do more research about how to get it going on my Amazon Echo. I want to see if what, what that oh. ends up being like. Yeah. It might be, it probably so will be you, smarter than the A person. I can't say it because it will activate everyone's device. But will the, the A lady and chat GPT mm. fight? Like, no, I want to yeah. answer. I want to answer. Conflict, like, conflict, oh, yeah, danger, conflict, yeah. Yeah. Like How yeah. do you have yeah. more than one of them on there? Yeah. And don't worry, I've seen, and this is why kids should watch Star Trek. I said this earlier, you're right. I've seen enough Star Trek. And we know that if AI, if an artificial intelligence or, you know, whatever it is, it is, an independent robot starts to get a bit out of control, you just give it a logic problem like Captain Kirk does and it will self-destruct every time. So we are good. We're covered. Okay. We can destroy we chat GPT okay. anytime. All right. Well, like <laughs> we've got it. It did answer my my mate Paul's and yeah, you know question like about that, uh, will it take over the world? Yes. And um, yeah, it assures us it will not. So I feel comforted by that. Sure. Yeah. yeah me too. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> totally comfortable. Totally comforted by that. <laughs> yeah. When an AI tells you that no, we're not going to take over the world. Trust do we it. trust it? Trust it. We yep. should. Okay. Totally trust it. All right, let's move on um, and finish up. And we'll just uh, briefly talk about entertainment. I don't know where you get your delusions, laser brain. This is not what we came here to do. No, but it's what I'm going to do. I have a plan. You've got a plan. I have part of a plan. All right. Uh, so, Caroline, I think you've been entertained by ChatGPT quite a lot from the sounds of it. It literally was my yeah. entertainment, entertainment this week. I, was I say, didn't have yeah. time for much else. Yeah. No, but good uh, it yeah. is quite fun. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's yeah. a good recommendation. Yeah. Um, yes. Uh, Definitely one- go try it out. You just need to log in. Uh, just look it up on Google. There'll be ChatGPT. It'll come up. Just put in a login. I think I just used my, my Google account to log in with it. And um, it, the screen comes up. 
there's a, a chat box, I think, at the bottom, a chat bar, and then you just start asking questions and it'll start answering your questions. Yeah. It's yeah. cool. Fascinating. I haven't played so games with it. That's something I want to try. I want to try. It's going to be interesting with games. Yeah. yeah. Would you like yeah. to play a game? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Yeah. Sounds so good. It doesn't call me Dave. Yeah. It's cool. Yeah. That's <laughs> all <laughs> right. Yeah. My one really briefly, uh, I did talk about it last week as in I was looking forward to it, or last episode as in I was looking forward to it. So since then, two episodes have come out of Star Trek Picard. Uh, and I've got to say, so far I'm loving it. It's not perfect. No TV series ever is. But in terms of it being Star Trek, it's it's like watching The Next Generation. You know, like you've got some of your favorite characters coming back um, and just some great moments. I've really enjoyed it. So the first episode, uh, you know, was uh, sort of character driven, bit of bit of action to make it exciting. The second episode um, was a bit more, a bit more character, you know, introspective, a bit, you know, there was a bit of action in it as well, but it was more about um, some characters learning things that they had previously not known about themselves. And I don't want to go into too much detail about it because it's a heavy spoiler alert right now, but there was a moment and I think some fans will love it and some will be divided by it. I personally loved it from a dramatic standpoint and I talked about this in the Star Trek spoiler section of um of, of SQPN's <laughs> Discord as well, but I I loved the moment where um where uh how do I do this without spoil? Put it, when you say you know what I'm talking about, um at the very end, uh let's just say this, um Jean Luc Picard learns something in the first episode, but he's basically in denial. You know, no way it couldn't be, it couldn't be the way he behaves, right? And Riker in the second episode is like, aren't you seeing it? It's pretty obvious what this is, right? And uh, and I think I think as the viewer, it's not not a secret from us. We're basically like we know it. And what you're actually waiting for is for Picard to realize actually, you know, that this is you have to accept that this is true. This is this really is what you think it is. And at the very end of the episode, they reveal that thing where he accepts it, where he and another character look at each other. No words are spoken. But automatically, he knows that that thing is true, and you know, and and the way he reacts to it is beautiful. Uh, it was very, I thought it was a very heartwarming moment. In terms of this Did happening, you cry? I didn't cry, but I, I was, I I shared the emotion with them of the moment. Um, so you cried. I did not. I didn't cry. I didn't cry. <laughs> it was it was dry. The air was dry. All right. It's you know it's just yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, yeah. I yawned and I got a bit teary. All right. No. Um, <laughs> um, it was it was dramatically. It was it was beautifully done. I thought it was really well executed. Uh, and the now look, you know, the context of it happening happening, you know, on the bridge of a starship, and it being what they do next is is nonsense. All right, but it's Star Trek, so they do stuff like that. That's okay. Uh, but I, I thought that moment was actually uh, really powerful, the way it was executed. I really enjoyed that. Um, so two episodes in, really loving it. Episode three is probably going to be a bit of a starshipy, actiony kind of episode from the way that they've set it up, and I'm, I cannot wait for that. So I am looking forward to next Friday, which will be Picard Day, Captain Picard Day. And also, also things to anticipate, it will also now be Mando Day because season three of The Mandalorian will also be out. So we yeah. are up for a sci-fi super trip for the next 10 weeks or so because it's oh going to be goodness. Star Trek and The Mandalorian. And the biggest problem I'm going to have is which one do I watch first every yeah, Friday? Yeah, which one do you watch first, man? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, or either, yeah, you, do want, you don't want to, do you watch them, like, mix? Do you mix it up? Like, maybe I'll watch Mandalorian and Star Trek the next time or do you just watch <sighs> Star Trek it's... the whole thing? With Star Trek, um, mm. Picard's only, like, once a week, isn't it, man? Once a week. Same as Mandalorian, though. It's once, once a week. week, yeah. Oh, Mandalorian's the yeah. same thing. So, same thing, yeah. 
okay, yeah. okay, okay, okay. Yeah. So uh, I think, I don't know. I'm, we'll just see what happens. I'm probably going to watch Picard <laughs> first, I think, but we'll see. We'll see what happens because I'm so invested cool, cool, in it right cool. now that... Yeah, but then once Mandalorian starts, I'm going to be so invested in it, and that's where the problem's going to be. Like, what do I do? Yeah, and I'm saying this during so Lent, true. so I've got to be careful. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, uh, Lino. I think you. So you've been on a bit of a Karate Kid journey. Um, so yeah, you've. Yes. Uh, so last time it was the first movie. Now it's the second movie. Tell us about. Yeah, how the you second one now. Yeah, tell us about it. Yeah, it was good. It's good. So um, now, now Daniel. Won his tournament and he here and no, 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 Daniel no, no, Daniel Sun. Daniel, Daniel Sun. <laughs> won his tournament in the US, and so he's apparently uh, as Miss Miyagi's um, father's not doing 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 well. So he went he went to Japan, and so Daniel Daniel Sun has a bit of a altercation altercation with um, Miss Miyagi's best mate's a nephew. I believe it's a nephew because he kills him uncle. And yeah, yeah. So that's what about Daniel going through what was going on in Japan with him and the family. So yeah, it's a good, it's a good, um, a good, um, episode, I mean, movie, that one. It's uh, so, also cliche. Was it with Caroline? There was, uh, who was his name uh, from Chicago? Is it Chicago or America, the, the main singer? He sings like Song and Karate Kid too. And I was looking at Benedict, really? but I guess that is so 80s. <laughs> you know, uh, I can't sing the um, song, but it's very high-pitched. <laughs> yeah, everyone will know the Karate Kid 2 song in the background. And yeah, that's, you know, I remember those days where, you know, you watch a movie and they have a particular song that sort of promotes the movie. You know, it's like uh, Beverly Hills Cop's done it. Um, well, Star Wars. Well, Star Wars is more of a theatrical you know, com- composition. Um, Guardians of the Galaxy. Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, no. Oh, yeah, it's true. Soundtrack, um, James mixtape. Bond. Yeah. Yeah, James Bond. You know, everyone knows that sort of sound Oh, theme, background. I get you. Yes, yeah, yeah. The theme, yeah. theme of yeah, theme yeah. a movie. Oh, you remember? You know, you know, I know the Karate Kid. Or, Rabbit didn't have like a theme song. <laughs> <laughs> that was. But yeah. um, uh, certain Ghostbusters. movies have... Ghostbusters. Yeah, there, there you go. go. Yep, there's another <laughs> one. Everyone knows that sort of, you know, it, it promotes that song. I mean, that movie. Yeah. Not that we'd see that much. I know you have to be on social media to find out what kind of song will be promoting a movie, in a sense, you know. Um, Braveheart had one. One would start with Mel Gibson. Everyone sort of knew that sort mm-hmm. of music. Um, Batman. Even though we'll all, we watch all the Batmans, we have that sort of iconic... Oh, I can't remember what that... Although I love the soundtrack from... Yeah, I love the soundtrack from the from the Batman from last year. Oh, my gosh. It's so well Minions done. Minions 3 uh, has a good, sorry, Despicable Me 3 has a great soundtrack. It's all 80s music. <laughs> yes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. that's it. I, I, have to, I have to listen to that. I have to listen to that track. I've heard it's pretty good. No, no, I'm going to have to listen you to that soundtrack. You have to actually watch it. It's hilarious. Oh, okay. I can watch it too. Okay. It's okay. so oh, funny. Yeah. Speaking of uh, well-known yeah. movie themes, there's a fifth Indiana Jones film coming out this year. There was yes. a, a very no, short teaser. Yeah. There's a short teaser. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and I think that's the awesome. Paul, Paul Harrison Ford had a few um, stunt people to do knew what he needed. That's understandable. You know, he, he can do what oh, he can yeah. do. He can't actually... Well, did, he did the um, tank version. I mean, tank tank version. The tank machine in um, um, The Last Crusade. Yeah, when he was getting punched and, you know, fallen off, almost fallen off the tank. And so he had to climb back up on again. And he had to do a few things. But yeah, I think it's... Um, it's he, he, said, he said, yeah. this is the last time. Yeah. This is his last, last hurrah. And that makes sort of sense. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, nah, fair enough. Yeah. All right. Well, let's uh, let's wrap it up there because we are well, a little bit over time, but that's okay. We've because we're 
chat gpt uh, we had a, a guest in chat gpt today so we had to yeah. make room for our guests yeah so um before we go we that would love fun, to uh, that was a lot it of was. fun yeah that well, was really good i like that yeah. Um, so we, uh, before we go, we'd like to thank you for joining us for episode 92 of the Catholics of Oz. And as always, we want to take a moment now to thank our patrons who help us to create the Catholics of Oz. So today we would love to thank Sherry V, Brian S, Joe, Joe J, Jimmy D, and Megs G. Through their generous donations at sqpn.com slash give, they make it possible for the Catholics of Oz and all of the other shows at, SQ, at StarQuest to continue. You can join them by visiting sqpn.com slash give. Also, we'd love to know your thoughts about the topics we've discussed today. We've been all over the place with topics, so there's a lot that you can you can uh, send us feedback about. And you can send that feedback by visiting uh, sqpn.com slash oz, where you can also find our show notes and links for today's episode. And while you're on the SQPN website, don't forget to sign up to the Insiders Club newsletter, sqpn.com slash about slash newsletter. And you can also find more about uh, SQPN at its Facebook page, uh, where is it? Facebook.com slash StarQuest Media, Twitter at SQPN, and also on Instagram to search for StarQuest Media. Join us on Discord. There are many uh, there are many listeners on Discord who interact with their favorite hosts and their favorite shows. So come and join the conversation there, sqpn.com slash Discord. And if you'd like to um, join us on our own Facebook page, facebook.com slash Catholics of Oz, spelt O-Z. Or if you love good old email, just flick us a message at Catholics of Oz at sqpn.com. Lino, thank you so much for joining us today for episode 92. It has been a total, totally good pleasure. Well, I mean, pleasure. Chat GPT. Caroline, I'm serious. I'm going to have to try to get that, get that going. <laughs> yeah. Worth a try. Yeah, it can yep. write all your responses for next episode. Just, yeah, and read them yeah, out. Yeah. It could be. Yeah, yeah it that's could it. Be. Yeah. It could yep. be. Yep. So there we go. how to keep a wife happy. Mm, that would be, it would be a great one to look at. So how we go through that. Sorry, Dave, you're on your own. Be, no. <laughs> <laughs> Are you kidding, Caroline? Guys, seriously. Yeah. 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 Okay, okay. Oh, <laughs> Not even going to say anything to that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. While well, Lino is slowly roasting himself, Caroline, thank you so much <laughs> for being part of episode 92 today. Thank you. It was fun. And thank you guys for being chat GPT for me, reading out her, his its responses yeah it was fun if anyone else has a go at chat gpt and has some interesting experience let us know otherwise yes yeah thank you so much for joining us i'm Lindsay sands and uh thank you for joining us for episode 92 of the catholics of oz on starquest here's another show on the starquest network you're sure to enjoy the secrets of star wars find it wherever fine podcasts are found or at sqpn.com slash Star Wars.